1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I'm taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. We've been in a new Sunday morning series entitled Taking Action Today for a Better Tomorrow. Now, I know sometimes I'll mention something, and you you wonder, does everybody know what you're talking about? There was a Sunday morning, I think this summer, I mentioned the Amish, and I told Jessica after the service, I I think I was going to need to suggest everybody Google who the Amish are. And so, you know, sometimes I might mention something or say something funny, and it could fall a little flat. So you may have to Google the Amish. They, They were the first in America actually to reach herd immunity. And so there's something to be learned from that. Amen? But in your junior high or high school years, if you took literature and you were awake and paid attention, and one of the great American novels is by Herman Melville entitled Moby Dick, and it's about a man that has frustrations with a particular whale. Captain Ahab can't catch and kill the whale he wants to kill. A pastor friend shared this quote the other day, and I thought it was great. And so you're, you're about to understand why I gave you some background, just in case, amen? Zig Ziglar once said, an optimist is someone who goes after Moby Dick, the whale, and takes the tartar sauce with him. It is perspective. It is attitude. So you just got to choose to believe in who you are in Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul said that we can do all things through Christ who gives us the strength. Ephesians 3, beginning in verse 20, says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, within you, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Our Heavenly Father is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. That is true. But what if we demonstrate no initiative on our own behalf? Will God really do it all And of course, the answer is no. Now, I understand that out there, there is a message, and it is very, very comforting. And this message leads people to believe that whatever is in their life, it is the will of God. And it's just the way it is. It's what God wants. It's what God wills. 
and that is the reason for the circumstances in their life. But friends, that, that's not what we see in the Word of God. You can take action today for a better tomorrow. And you can take action today to walk in God's best in your life and in your circumstances. Today's message is a continuation of last Sunday, Goal Setting 101. Number one, Christians often miss out in life because they lie to themselves, just like the world. Believers often miss out on what they want in life because they lie to themselves, just like people in the world. James 1 and verse 22, James wrote, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Smile at your neighbor and say, do what it says. Smile at your other neighbor and say, do what it says. The definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing while expecting a different result. And with any goal, whatever it is, in any area of life, the key is action. The key is greater action. If you want greater results, take greater action. To reach your goals tomorrow, you have to take action today. If you just keep doing what you've been doing, nothing is going to change. And that is the definition of insanity. Goals, as we've learned, they have to be realistic to be achievable. And we should have long-term, intermediate, and short-term goals. And last Sunday, I know, I know it's not popular. What did you learn about in church today? Well, well gluttony's a sin. You know, that, that is not a popular topic in America in 2021. But as an example, last week we dealt with weight. You know, the Bible is clear that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so we're to, we're to take care of the body that God blessed us with. But people sabotage their own efforts when they don't have realistic goals. And so with the example of weight last Sunday, we learned that someone might set a long-term goal of losing 50 pounds over the course of 12 months. That's reasonable because that's a year-long goal. An intermediate goal might be to lose four pounds each month. A short-term goal might be to lose a pound every week. That's doable. That's achievable. But we ought not lie to ourselves. We ought not be led astray. Now, this was about 10 years ago, so hopefully no one knows what, I, what I'm referring to. But maybe about 10 years ago, you know, one of the fads were certain pills. And if you took these pills after you ate your meal, somehow that, that, that would make the calories disappear. Well, well, that's just nonsense. Amen. I get on Facebook and I see someone selling, you know, fat fighters or whatever. You know, Austin, you know, you have your cheeseburger, you have this after your cheeseburger, it's going to make those calories disappear. I'm not a believer. Only thing I'm a believer in is the Word of God. It's about taking action little by little, watching what you eat and being careful in what you eat on a regular, daily, consistent, ongoing basis. Exercising on a regular, consistent, ongoing basis. Last Sunday, we dealt with money. What about money? We would all like plenty. We would all like more than enough. But often we lie to ourselves and sabotage our own efforts. I gave some statistics. Fewer than 1% of all Americans are millionaires. 39% of all Americans have no net worth. 75% of all Americans don't have $10,000 in savings. Amazing. And 58% of Americans, more than half, have less than $1,000 in 
savings. And we gave you the example last week that a young person starting out, not even making a lot, if they will just consistently save and invest over the course of 25, 30, 35 years, they'll have something. And it's amazing how simple it is if you take action on an ongoing basis. In the cafe, pastors had a book there for many, many years, 80-10-10, God's plan. And of course, to put the kingdom of God first with 10% the tithe, but then to set aside another 10% minimum for who? For you, for your family, for your future. But you got to take action. And then you have to be faithful and consistent. You've heard me tell the story how at the age of 15, my father required that I set aside 15% of all my work income. Today, Jessica and I set aside more than 20% of all of our work income. And even when, this is so dialed into us, even when money comes into our hands above and beyond, it could be $10, it could be $50, it could be $100, it could be $500. When there is above and beyond money, we give the tithe, we then bring another 10% and give toward our challenge offering commitment. We then take another 10% and we put into a savings account that we have for unexpected expenses, and then the rest we handle as led by the Lord with whatever we want to do with it. But even with extra money here and there, we still work the plan of God. See, success is not an accident. Success is not a coincidence. You got to take action. And the key is little by little. The key is taking greater action today than yesterday. Now, I'm not going to have a show of hands, but we talk about this periodically. But it is always alarming to find out when someone has been in church year after year, hearing the word year after year, and they still don't have a savings account. You've heard me mention once a man in the church approached my father in the atrium and told my father that his company had a matching plan for retirement. Said, Pastor, should I take advantage of that? Yes, absolutely. But if you don't take action... Things will never change. And periodically, we'll hear someone complain about not having any money, not having any savings. But there's, there's no excuse for it when someone's been in church five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Because even if you only set aside $100 a month after a year, after five years, you're going to have something. The key is action. The key is little by little. The key is being faithful and consistent. And so we left off learning how you can make corresponding action work for you. Number two, Christians often miss out on what they want in life because they lack consistency and focus. They often miss out on what they want or desire in life because they lack consistency and focus. This diet in January, that diet in February, this diet in March, a free-for-all in April, got to be consistent, whatever it is, with school, with your education, with your work, you got to be consistent. You know, sometimes we'll hear about an individual, man or woman, and they've got this job, then they got that job, then they're doing this career, then that career. It's something new every six months. It's not going to work out long term. You got to be faithful and consistent if you want to have anything, want to build anything. To accomplish anything in life, you got to get all the forces of your life lined up and moving in the same direction. Your faith, your confession, and your action. Young people say, Pastor, I'm believing God for a godly young man to marry. And then they'll date unbelievers. 
See, when they do that, corresponding action is working against them, not for them. Somebody will say, Pastor, I'm believing God for a full-time job. Then they complain about full-time hours. So you got to be the kind of person that makes corresponding action work for you, not against you. And when you do that, your life will have great power. Turn over to James chapter 2, beginning in verse 14. James chapter 2, beginning in verse 14. And I'm going to read this to you out of the Weymouth translation. What good is it, my brethren, if a man professes to have faith, and yet his actions do not correspond? Can such faith save him? Suppose a Christian brother or sister is poorly clad or lacks daily food, and one of you says, I wish you well, keep yourself warm and well fed, and yet you do not give them what they need. What is the use of that? So also faith, if it is unaccompanied by obedience. We could say it this way, if it is unaccompanied by action, it has no life in it, so long as it stands alone. Nay, someone will say, you have faith, I have actions. Prove to me your faith apart from corresponding actions, and I will prove mine to you by my actions. So whatever the goal is, we have to have corresponding action. We just can't believe God. And I know when we talk about believing God, people assume we're talking about faith, that believing and faith are one and the same. That's why so often we'll say faith is taking action on the Word of God. So somebody could be believing God for a promotion at work, but what if their corresponding action doesn't line up with what they're, with what they're believing God for? Father God, I, I thank you for blessing me with a raise, for blessing me with a promotion, but what about their corresponding action? What if they don't show up on time? What if they don't show up early? What if they don't get their work done? What if they don't get their work done with excellence? What, what if they have a bad attitude? What if they speak to customers or the public, the people they interact with? What, what if they speak to people with a bad attitude? You've got to make corresponding action work for you and not uh, against you. Pastor has shared how for many, many years, a couple had the same prayer request year after year believing God for debt to be paid down and debt to be paid off. Well, if you take action, even just a little bit of action, you're going to make progress, amen? But that's assuming your corresponding action is working for you, not against you. How do you stop the hole getting deeper? Stop digging. And yes, there are necessities in life, but Fred Price, he would always say, eating makes fat and spending makes debt. And so how, how can you start to pull ahead? How can you start to put some dirt back in the hole? Stop spending. Stop buying everything you see. You'll hear, you'll hear me joke about that. That part of having money is not spending money. I love cars. But again, if you ask me, hey, Austin, stop by the Ford dealer and check out what they got in the showroom. No, thank you. God bless. I don't want to think about I'm putting my fingers in my ears. Why? Because spending makes debt. So there, there is a balance. Your corresponding action has to work for you, not against you. Verse 19, you believe God is one and you are quite right. Evil spirits also believe this and shudder. But idle boaster, are you willing to be taught how it is that faith apart from obedience is worthless? Take the case of Abraham, our father. Was it or was it not because of his actions that he was declared to be righteous as the result 
of having offered his son Isaac on the altar. You notice his faith was cooperating with his actions and that by his actions his faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God and his faith was, his faith was placed to his credit as righteousness and he received the name of God's friend. You see that it is because of actions that a man is pronounced righteous and not simply because of faith. In the same way also was not the notorious sinner Rahab declared to be righteous because of her actions when she welcomed the spies and hurriedly helped them to escape another way. For just as a human body without a spirit is lifeless, so also faith is lifeless if it is unaccompanied by obedience. So we're to get all the forces of our life lined up, moving in the same direction, our faith, our confession, and our action. And that's what will give your life power. That's what will give you something that God can bless. I said last Sunday, the, the blessing is in the obedience. The blessing is in the doing. The blessing is in the action. Deuteronomy 28, beginning in verse 1, it says, If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on the earth. All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord. A few days ago, one of our older daughters was giving Jessica grief about something. And I realized as the father, I had to step in. And I said, that's enough. And I said, you stop it. You have a good attitude or this blessing we just ordered for you. As soon as the post office drops it off, I'm going to take it back and send it back. Eyes got real big. Our Heavenly Father rewards obedience. Our Heavenly Father rewards Him, us, obeying His commands. And that's also what we ought to model in our homes so our children understand it. That when you obey and do what's right, there is a blessing. And when you do your own thing, or have a bad attitude, or grumble and murmur and complain, you do without the blessings. Verse 15 if you do not obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow all his commands and decrees I give you today, all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. And we challenge you all the time to read the entirety of Deuteronomy 28 to find out about in Christ all that we've been redeemed from, but we got to do our part. We have to have corresponding action. Joshua 1.8, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so you may be careful to do Smile and point at yourself, say to do. That's why I said last Sunday, the blessing is in the doing. The blessing is in the action. The blessing is in the obedience. So you may be careful to do everything written in it, then you will be prosperous and successful. The King James says, then thou shalt have good success. The New King James says, then you will make your way prosperous. Then you'll make your life prosperous. Turn over to what Jesus said, Matthew chapter 7. Matthew 7, beginning in verse 21. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Uh, again, it, it is a sad lie that people are told, well, whatever's going on in your life, that's just the will of God. It, it's a sad lie that people are told, well, if you just believe whatever is supposed to happen in your life, it's going to happen. That's not true. Look at what Jesus said. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, 
but only he who does. Only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. See, we live in a time and a culture where people are saying what's evil is good and people say what's good is evil. But the Bible says, woe to those who call light darkness and darkness light. And Jesus said, I will say away from me, you evil doers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not, say, does not. So again, corresponding action. We got to take action on the word of God. Our life, our faith, our confession, our action, what we do, it has to line up with the word of God. It has to line up with what we say we believe. So the foolish man, the one who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Luke 11, verse 27, as Jesus was saying these things, a woman in the crowd called out, blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. He replied, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Who's blessed? Those who hear and obey. Who's blessed? Those who hear and obey. 1 John 3 and verse 21, Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. So we've got to have corresponding action. And when you have corresponding action in your life, when you're really living the Christian life, in the midst of all that's going on in the world, when you're living for God, putting God first, living a Christian life in a dark, dark world, that is the kind of life that our Heavenly Father can bless. You got to make corresponding action work for you and not against you. But a lot of people, they're, they're believing God for this, and then they're doing something completely contrary to what they're believing God for. And then there's a theology that makes them feel better. Well, even though you believed God for a Proverbs 31 woman, God, God, God blessed you with this battle axe to, to teach you something. It's nonsense. It is about what we do. It is about the choices and the decisions we make. To do what's right or to do what's wrong. To stand strong or to compromise and back down. So you got to make corresponding action work for you, not against you. Got to get your faith, your confession, your actions all lined up and moving in the same direction. Number three, whatever your goals are, bring God into your goal setting through faith. Whatever the goals are, bring God into your goal setting through faith. J.C. Penney once said, give me a stock clerk with the goal and I'll give you a man who will make history. Give me a man with no goals and I'll give you a stock clerk. Robert Browning said, a man's reach should exceed his grasp, or what's heaven for? Johann Wolfgang von Goethe said, we can always redeem the man who aspires and strives, 
David Ogilvie said, don't bunt, aim out of the ballpark. Charles Noble once said, you must have long-term goals to keep you from being frustrated by short-term failures. And again, if you're taking action little by little, if your life has corresponding action, you may not reach your goal by next week. You may not reach your goal by next month. But if you're taking action, you're making more progress than if you were taking no action. And if you're taking the right actions, you're making more progress than if you take the wrong actions, actions contrary to the goal. Scott Reed once said, this one step, choosing a goal and sticking to it changes everything. Robert Collier said, see things as you would have them be instead of as they are. He also said, see the things you want as already yours. Think of them as yours, as belonging to you, as already in your possession. So don't do like so many. Bring God into what you're believing him for. Bring him into your goal setting through faith. And as a part of that, decide what you want from God and find the scriptures that cover your case. Now, when I was a young man, a little guy, I have the Dake Reference Bible my parents gave me when I was probably eight, nine, or 10. When I, when I was a little guy and I wanted to find out what the Word of God said about something, I had to open that Bible and go to the back and, and take the time to look up verses. Well, we have all this technology. We, we, have, we have Google. We have Bible Gateway, Bible Hub, Bible Apps. You know, in the last few weeks, one of my students here at St. Paul's told me that they, they were unprepared for their Bible verse quiz because they didn't have their Bible. Well, I, I see you have an iPhone. And the same iPhone that can play video games or music or a video, you can also look up a Bible verse with that iPhone. It is amazing. You can even click and it'll give you every translation. You can pick the right one for our class. We have all of this available to us. So whatever the goal, whatever the need, whatever you're believing God for, you've got to find scriptures that cover your case. Don't waste time praying for anything God's word doesn't promise. Find the promises that cover what you're believing God for. Get them in your heart. Confess them. Stand upon those promises when you face doubt or unbelief. And for whatever you're believing God for, find two or three scriptures that cover your situation. And both the Old and the New Testament speak to that. Let everything be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. And related to this, I received this wonderful testimony this past week. A man who pastors in another state, he writes, Pastor Austin, I'm so thankful for your ministry. Last Friday, my wife Laura went to the dermatologist to have a scab spot on her nose checked. It had been there for several weeks. While in the examination room, the dermatologist told my wife, I know you don't want to hear this, but this looks like skin cancer. She made several remarks of that nature. She said things like, I see this every day, and this is what skin cancer looks like. Of course, my wife and I began to speak the healing promises of God's word over her nose. The next day, the Holy Spirit brought to my remembrance the prayer sessions you taught in the 2019 Holy Week Revival. I remember you sharing several scriptures concerning your daughter, Michaela. I listened to the first session where you cited Psalms 104, 14 and 15, Ezekiel 37, 4 through 6, Leviticus 13 and 14, and Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, 
the Holy Spirit added to those scriptures Mark 16, 20, when we began to pray and confess these scriptures. Well, praise the Lord, Tuesday of this week, we received the biopsy report, and all tests were negative. I am so thankful you are obedient to the call of God on your life. A seed you sowed three years ago has produced a harvest of healing in my wife's life. And I would like to say that when we believed and stood on those scriptures regarding Michaela, that it happened overnight. You know, some things are instantaneous. Some things take time. But you got to find the scriptures that cover whatever you're believing God for and stand on them and stand on them and stand on them until you get your testimony, until you get your miracle. And again, you're, you're taking action every day, whether you feel like it or not. You're taking action little by little. And when you're standing on God's word, saying what the word says, standing on his promises, you're making corresponding action work for you, not against you. And that's when the blessing of the Lord shows up. But see, when people believe God one day and then do something the next day, corresponding action isn't working for them, it's working against them. So you've got to find the scriptures that cover what you're believing God for and stand on them. Second, you've got to ask God for the things you desire and believe you receive them. John 14, 13 and 14, Jesus said, I will do whatever you ask in my name so the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. John 15 and verse 7, he said, if you remain in me, my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. Verse 16, he said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. When he taught on faith in Mark 11, beginning in verse 22, says, Jesus answering them said unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever, so you could be your first Sunday today, or you could be a seasoned believer, but Jesus said whosoever, meaning any one of us. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. Now, when you have a believer, and they're faithful one week and unfaithful the next. They're in church one month, out of church the next month. They're, they're, they're believing God one month, and then they're trying these 10 other things the next month. They don't believe they receive because their corresponding action isn't working for them. It's working against them. When someone's doing this, and then they're doing that, they're trying this, and they're trying that, they obviously don't believe they receive. And that's a sign to God, to the devil, to everyone, they are not in faith. Well, Austin, why do you just keep doing what you're doing? Why do you just keep taking action? Why do you just keep setting aside that 10% or that 15% or that 20%? Well, why do you do it even if it's just 10% of $10, it's just a dollar? Why are you faithful in that? Because I believe I receive. I have, I have certain goals. I have a certain place I want to get to. So I'm going to keep taking the action I, I'm taking because I believe I receive. When you live that kind of life, corresponding action is working for you, not against you. Third, let every thought and desire affirm that you have what you've asked for. Your thoughts, 
your imaginations, your daydreams. 2 Corinthians 10, beginning in verse 3, Paul wrote, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought. Say, say every thought. Now, thought, thoughts come and go, and you can't control whether a thought comes, but you can certainly make it go. And the Apostle Paul wrote that we are to take captive every thought. Say every thought. Every thought. We're to take captive every thought and to make it obedient to Christ. So you've got to take captive every thought. You have to live a discipline, have a disciplined thought life. You may not think you can, but you can control your thought life. Philippians 4, beginning in verse 6, Paul wrote, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God. You know, it's amazing how this world, it is so full of fear. There's no, there's no logic. There, there's no common sense. A few weeks ago, there were reports of a new variant. Everybody started losing their minds in fear out there in the world. But instantly, within a day or so, there was a doctor in South Africa that said the symptoms were very, very mild. Yet, here in America, fear, 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 panic, panic, panic. That is not who we are to be as the people of God. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. You mean, Austin, I've got to live a Christian life even up here in my head? Yes. And you got to make corresponding action work for you, even with your thought life. Have a disciplined thought life. Control your thought life. Don't allow or permit your flesh or emotions or your mind to dominate your, your life. Just this past week, I was so grieved by, by, by someone I know, not a, not a friend, but an acquaintance, posting on social media that, that we ought to normalize everybody being an emotional basket case. No. The Apostle Paul said we are to take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So, so it doesn't matter what someone said to you. It doesn't matter if it was mom or dad or someone you've known for a long time. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So you, you got to stand tall and stand on the word of God and know who you are in Christ and take action accordingly. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So you got to control your thought life and not allow your flesh or your mind or your emotions to dominate your life. And that happens when the spirit is weak and too much TV and not enough word will do that got to build up your spirit man the real you on the inside got to build up your spirit in the word of God and when you do that your spirit man will prevail Ephesians 4 and verse 27 says neither give place to the devil don't give any place to the devil not in your thought life not in your home not in what you watch not in what you listen to not in any wrong or questionable or potentially questionable relationships. Don't give the devil a place. 
Does that, does that mean any place? Yes. Don't give him a place. This past week, heard about someone's day being ruined by a relative, by a family member. They ruin every day. Don't give them a place. Voicemail. Respond by text. Austin, they're too, too old for text. Bummer. <laughs> Don't give the devil a place. Don't give him a place. Don't give him a place in your home, your family, your thought life. Don't give him a place. And finally, four, speak forth constantly the promises of God's word that cover whatever you're believing God for. Speak forth what the word says constantly. If you'll stand on God's word, God will make his word come to pass in your life. If you'll side in with God, God will side in with you. Numbers 23 and verse 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Psalm 89 and verse 34 says, I will not violate my covenant or alter what my lips have uttered. You know, Austin, why, why, why are you unafraid? You, you've got a bunch of kids. You've got little kids. Why, 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 why are you not afraid? Because I know what the word of God says. I know what the Bible says in the Old Testament before we ever get to the New Testament, which is better with better promises and a superior high priest. I know that in the Old Testament, when the children of Israel were in Egypt, God protected his children while all the plagues of Egypt were taking place. I know that Exodus says, he will, when we worship him, he takes sickness and disease away from our midst. So I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to live my life full of fear. I don't have to wait for the latest update from Dr. Fauci. I can live with the peace of God in Christ because I know what the word says. I will not violate my covenant or alter what my lips have uttered. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 13, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So what we, what we say manifests what's here in the heart. Jesus said it this way, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Isaiah 43 and verse 26, put me in remembrance. Let us plead together, declare that. The NIV says, state your case, that thou mayest be justified. See, when Jessica and I had to fight the good fight of faith regarding Michaela and what she faced in her body and with her skin, every day, whether we felt like it or not, every day, whether we saw some progress or there was a lack of progress, every day we kept stating our case. And this pastor friend, he had remembered those messages, and when they faced a challenge, what did they do? They stated their case. They stood on the word of God. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou, or state your case, that thou mayest be justified. So don't, don't say something can't be done. You might be older. You know, I'm, I'm going to be 40 here soon, so you may, you may be my age. You may be older. Just because some time's gone by doesn't mean you can't reach your goals. With the help of God, all things are possible. With the help of God, all things are possible. And nothing, say, say nothing, nothing. is too hard for the Lord. And so we, we, we step out in faith. We have the goals. We take action. 
As you take action, God blesses the action you take. He enables you to take more action. He blesses the work of your hands. And then I believe as you take action and prove yourself faithful, he'll give you ideas to take more action. And as you obey, he'll, he'll bless the action, the obedience. He'll, he'll bless the effort you make. And he will enable you to reach your goals, whatever they are. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. With him, all things are possible. Say this, say, I am determined. Say, I am resolved to experience what my Father God says belongs to me. I will not quit. I will fight the good fight of faith until I'm living out his promises and his best. Please bow your heads. You might be here today and you've heard about how good our wonderful Heavenly Father is. You've heard about how good he is and how much he loves you. But you don't, you don't know him. You're not a part of the family. The Bible says that he so loved the world. He so loved you and me. He so loved each of us that he gave. He sent his only begotten son into the world that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. He loves you. He loves you. And he wants you to be a part of his family. He wants to be your father. He wants to bless you. He has a wonderful purpose, a wonderful plan for your life. But it all begins by becoming a part of the family of God. And there's only one way to do that. It's by repenting of your sins and asking Jesus Christ to be the Lord and the Savior of your life. Jesus said, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. He's standing at the door of your life. He's knocking on the door of your life. What you have to do is open the door and ask him to come in. This world we live in, it'll lie to you. It'll tell you that if you're a good person, that's sufficient. But the Bible tells us that we have all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We are all in need of a Savior, and his name is Jesus. If you're here today and say, Austin, I've never given him my life, but I want to. I want to become a part of the family of God. I want to become a follower of Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ today. I want to be a part of the family of God. If that's you this morning, wherever you're seated, that's you. Raise your hand clearly to where I'll see it. I'll know if you want me to pray with you. Say, Austin, I want you to pray with me. I want to give my life to the Lord. I want to become a part of the family of God. If that's you, raise your hand clearly to where I'll see it. You might also be here today in a time in your life, you prayed a prayer, you walked an aisle, but you know, you know in your heart, you've not been living for God. You've been doing your own thing. Your life has not had corresponding action and the results have been disastrous. And perhaps you've blamed God, perhaps you've blamed others, but you know in your heart that it's the result of what you've done. I bring you good news. The Bible says the mercies of God are new every morning. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful, he is just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can have a new beginning. You can have a fresh start. If you're here today and say, Austin, that's me, pray with me. 
I want to recommit my life. I want to leave here today knowing that I have peace with God. If that's you this morning, raise your hand clearly to where I'll see it. Say, Austin, pray with me. I want to recommit my life. I want to leave today knowing that I have peace with God. You might be watching online now or later, and you don't know the Lord, but you want to be a part of the family of God. Pray this very simple prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I give you my life. I repent of my sins. I believe that Jesus lived on my behalf a perfect life without sin. And I believe that he took my sins upon himself. And he paid the price I deserve to pay. And he suffered and he died on my behalf. And I believe you raised him from the dead. Today, I ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Set me free of anything that would hinder me in living for you. I give you my life. Thank you for welcoming me into your family. In Jesus' name. If you're here today, and maybe you didn't raise your hand, but the prayer was for you. After the service, at guest services, see the wonderful people there. If you don't have a Bible, they'll bless you with the Bible. And if you're a new believer, they'll give you a book by my father, our senior pastor, called God's Very Own Child. It'll help you get started in living the Christian life. You might be watching or listening online now or later, and you prayed the prayer with me. Go to the church website. There's a page called Salvation, or go to FCCArlington.com slash salvation. There's a short form to fill out to let us know you prayed. And then you can also request a copy of God's very own child in English or in Spanish. We want to be a blessing to you. It is never, it is never too late. Last Sunday, there was a wonderful lady that walked the aisle and it took her a while she, because she was older, but it, it's never too late. It was so wonderful to see that. It is never too late. While there, there is breath in your body, you can give your life to the Lord. While there is breath in your body, you can begin taking the action you know you need to take. We're coming up to the holidays. While there is breath in your body, you can make wrongs right. While there is breath in your body, the holidays for your family can be a time of love and a time of joy and a time of kindness and a time of happiness, unlike so often what goes on in the world. As long as there is breath in your body, you can take action today for a better tomorrow. Amen? I hope the message was a blessing to you and encouragement to you. Amen? Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. 
Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.